welcome to another edition of the Gobeski Wallace Report. My name is Adam Gobeski. And my name is Charlie Wallace. Today we have with us three special guests. Uh, the first is Doug Gobeski. Hello. Uh, the second is Paul Wilcox. Great to be here. And the third and certainly not least, Tony Huff. Oh, hey. Welcome back, Tony. It's been a while since you've joined us on our Merry Marvel Movie March. Yeah, uh, I don't like movies, but today. <laughs> I really said I really want to see a sequel to a movie I didn't see. Well, I brought it up to Paul and I said, he, he's like, yeah, we're watching Blade 2. I said, oh, I haven't seen the first one. So he suggested that I like simulcast. So on my phone, watch Blade 1 as we're watching Blade 2. And so that's kind of how I, I viewed the film today. Uh, did that work out for you? No, but Paul filled in, <laughs> filled in a lot. Yeah. I didn't realize they were vampires. For Why are these guys just exploding? I don't get this. Because <laughs> you haven't gotten to that part in Blade 1 yet. Just hold on. <laughs> both the movies will make sense at the end of both movies. <laughs> <laughs> It'll all come to you at once. <laughs> He oh, did say ahead. that it would be a lot like Howard the Duck, and it was not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so as I'm sure you've guessed, we are on our 10th installment in the Mary Marvel Movie March. This is the 2002 movie Blade Two, which is our first sequel that we get to experience Ooh. on this march. Uh, I want you to remember the year 2001. I mean, not literally sit there and remember, but I just want you to remember the year 2001 as an object. So everyone... Yes. Everyone has 2001 in their mind right now? It's in my mind's eye, yes. Okay. All right. This is important because to date, 2001 is the last year in which there was not a Marvel movie released. Oh. So. That's good trivia. And yet not terribly surprising when you think about it. How many Like, how many do you think there are these days? Like, Are there like two, three a year maybe? Yeah, something like that. I mean, to compare, right, uh, DC movies. I believe the last year in which there was no DC movie is, excuse me, actually 2015. Okay, there you go, yeah. And then 2014 sort of a weird technicality, depending on how you count the Lego movie. Oh, <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Plain, like, vanilla the Lego movie? Right, not the Lego Batman movie. I think we could agree that's a DC movie. But the Lego movie itself, right, uh, where would you count that? Are you going to watch it? Uh, probably not because oh, no. we're, we're, we're strictly stick stick and Marvel here. And I think by the time we finish all the Marvel movies, uh, we will each be 64 years old. <laughs> so, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> we're at, we're on the losing side of the curve right now, but yeah. maybe when we're like in our fifties, there won't be quite as many Marvel movies. Maybe. maybe. I, I, I did actually once look up the DC movies just to see what that would be like. I think there's fewer movies at this point. But there's a lot more serials. So I think it would probably end up actually taking us about the same amount of time. Mm. Just because we'd probably have to be splitting serials up into multiple episodes. There's there's seriously, there's like six or seven DC serials. There's two Superman serials. There's two Batman serials. There's a Captain Marvel serial. There's a couple other like secondary characters that don't get much play. But back in the 40s, they were big enough to get a serial or something. So, so we're not going to worry about that. <laughs> we didn't go that route, no. Okay. That'll... That'll be in retirement. You know, <laughs> 75. That's right. Yeah. 
but we clearly went with Marvel because it's much easier to come up with an alliterative Marvel title than it is for a DC. I challenge you right now to come up with a DC alliterative title for the movies. The DC, um, DC must see movie. No, you're right. It's impossible. Yeah. I've already given up. <laughs> you got further than I got, honestly. <laughs> the DC must see movie killing spree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah see that's <laughs> I mean, I, you could just say movie spree right okay i guess movie spree okay. <laughs> all right guys in 50 years we've got it set up <laughs> but yeah we're not talking dc movies today we're talking blade 2 starring once again wesley snipes and this one directed not by stephen norrington as the first one was but instead by uh someone named Guillermo del Toro. Am I getting that right? That sounds about right. Yeah. Oh, heir to the Del Taco Empire. <laughs> Do you mean the Delta Company? Oh, yeah, yeah. Delta Co. Yeah. But yes, no. So Blade 2 uh, directed by Guillermo del Toro, who's gone on to do bigger and better things, I think it's safe <laughs> to say. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So we're clearly not going to be hearing a 10 rating from Adam on this one. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> Well, I, I guess uh, if I see the problem is right, if I'm comparing Guillermo del Toro movies, uh, Pacific Rim's on that list. So that's true. You can't get much bigger than that movie. Yeah, I didn't remember until the credits roll that he directed this. And I guess there's a couple of ways you can tell. Carr had pointed out the monster design for the the Reapers. She was like, oh, yeah, that's definitely sort of a Guillermo del Toro thing. But the rest of it, I don't think he wrote this one. So there's a lot of other things where I, I most of the other parts, I didn't really see his touches in here at all. So th- I think this was written by uh, David S. Goyergan, who wrote the first Blade. And I think I read somewhere that Guillermo del Toro was basically like, no, yeah, no, I like the script that they came up with. I didn't tinker with it too much. Hmm. So uh, is this? pretty early in his career do we know i think he's done other several other movies but maybe not any american productions i'm looking right now i kind of recognize the name mimic i kind of oh mimic yeah that was yeah that was american like late 90s yeah yeah i feel like that was right around like the time of like the matrix right yeah pretty close a little bit before but yeah general time and I only really knew him from Pan's Labyrinth because um, I've had to watch that like 10 times in like college. It's awful. Wait, how? Why? Why would you what? have to watch Pan's Labyrinth 10 times? Because I'm in, I was in Spanish. And so like, they're like, oh, like, let's, let's watch this. And it touches on a whole bunch of issues in Spain and the Spanish Civil War and everything like that. So oh my gosh. it's uh, a whole yeah, bunch of. Okay. I always find I found that movie way too intense. I think I was expecting I wasn't expecting something quite that uh, violent on the human side. Like the fantasy side was fine, right? It was the people being awful to people stuff. I just just like, I don't know that I ever want to see this again, honestly. Right. Yeah. No. And then I had to watch it a lot. (laughs) Only if only you had could have watched uh, Footloose in Spanish instead. Yeah, that was fun. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean. As a person who didn't really know what was going on, I actually enjoyed like some of the special effects in this movie. Like I thought it was, I thought they did a pretty good job. I don't know what was your guys' takes take on that. It was kind of weird. On the one hand, I did think the CG was a little better than it had been in 
the first Blade movie. But it also then seemed like they were using it more heavily. Yes. And so it kind of stuck out more, particularly on some of like the action sequences where they're like flipping through the air. And I'm just like, that's not a real person. There's situations where it's like, well, this vampire is going to disintegrate, right? And that CGI was definitely better than the first movie. And I think it kind of worked here. But then, yeah, it's like Wesley Snipes flipping through the air. It's like you could maybe if I, I like even if you had just done that in like a practical way and had it not be as impressive as a flip, I think it still would have looked better. Yeah. Well, like back in 2002, I mean, what was this state of the art? I mean, you know what I mean? Fair. Like, are we just looking at it through a lens uh, of 2017? I don't know that it was, right? Because Attack of the Clones came out 2002. And, you know, for all the problems that Episode 2 of Attack of the Clones has, right? The special effects, I think, actually hold up okay. And Because there's a lot of, like, Jedi flipping around in that that doesn't, to me, look as obviously computer graphic as as it did in this movie. Okay. Yeah, and I think maybe I was just like, oh, it's 2002, so maybe I was giving it more leeway in that sense that's that's fair i mean i don't remember watching this at the time and saying oh that really looks like obvious cgi i think a lot of it is just us looking back at it but oh i just thought maybe we should just talk quickly like had people seen this movie before like i had i had seen this movie before i didn't see it in theaters i saw it probably two maybe 10 years ago at this point when i bought the dvd when it was in like the bargain bin at fye Oh, so. oh, yeah. Back when FYE had a bargain bin and wasn't a bargain bin. <laughs> right. <laughs> but what about everyone else? Had they seen this movie before? Tony, I, I, it sounds like you hadn't seen it before. No, I, or, I hadn't. Or maybe you, you were like, I only watch Blade 2. I don't do Blade <laughs> 1 or Blade 3. Only Blade 2. <laughs> well, I, w- I was actually afraid that um, Wesley Snipes' character was going to die. And then Paul said, no, there's a Blade 3. It cannot happen. <laughs> but also like that doesn't mean if a character dies doesn't mean they can't make it to the next blade i guess (laughs) as we saw with whistler (laughs) i had pretty sure i saw this in theaters and i've seen it several times on cable and i remember because of the scenes towards the end especially the big blood pool that they get to i remember that scene seeing that scene like three or four times yeah i definitely have seen it before uh, not in the theaters, but uh, probably on DVD. Yeah, I probably actually made you watch it when I bought it. I was like, oh, I got Blade 2. And you were I, like, I, okay, whatever. Let's I remember you forcing me to watch Blade Trinity, but I'm not, uh, sure on, I'm not sure on Blade 2 if I just simply watched that on my own or something. Was it me on Blade Trinity? I have a feeling Jason suggested Blade Trinity because it was oh, his okay. copy. Because maybe we had suggested we were in the mood for a bad movie and he was like oh well i have blade trinity but we're getting we're getting ahead of ourselves in the march here uh, paul blade two had seen, you seen it oh, i so. had not seen blade two no. no i did love blade one so i was i was ready so tony since you hadn't seen it before what did you think of the recap <laughs> that started out the movie did you see that um i oh. was really confused <laughs> <laughs> were you too busy watching blade one at that point <laughs> right yeah <laughs> No, I I was super confused and and I think I was ruining the movie for Paul. <laughs> like Wait, I was the guy that? at the 
yeah, I was the guy in the theater that was like, "What's happening?" Like, Paul's like, "What? No, they're 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 going over to watch. Like he's a vampire, and he and he has, he's trying to kill these other vampires." <laughs> and then and then like in the first sword fighting scene, I was like, "This is where Blade gets his name." That's what he said. <laughs> and, and, and Tony was like, "Tony was like, what? Why?" And I'm like, you know, because the because the because the play. <laughs> I don't have any facts to back this up, but I assume. <laughs> yeah. his, it, no, his turns out his real name is Skylar Blade, and <laughs> I also, I also, oh, so that's what my phone was going off the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was kind of gore, like kind of like gory. I'm not, I'm not a big like stab people, get needles injected, all this stuff. So there was a lot of times where I was like, Paul, I thought you said this was not a scary movie. Well, they're they're vampires, they're not people. I know, but I I don't know. I I could have done a lot less of that. Oh, so you're you're saying that Paul tricked you. He did. I was like, you wanna come watch Blade, the happy high school adventure where enemies become friends. <laughs> <laughs> Rated PG. <laughs> Starring John Cena and the Olsen twins. <laughs> See, now I'm picturing a version of Blade starring John Cena and the Olsen twins. <laughs> I assume the Olsen twins play every vampire. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one of them. They just go back and forth really fast. <laughs> the Olsen twin. <laughs> So, yeah, I thought it was uh, actually a reasonable way to handle how to bring Whistler back into this movie, given that he seemed to pretty definitively die during the last blade. <laughs> so I appreciated that they actually like took some time to explain why he was alive and still going around rather than just like, oh, Whistler, you made it. He's OK, everyone. Did they just not think that they were going to make a sequel to the first one? I guess they left the door open, but just a tiny, tiny crack, right? There wasn't a lot of room for them to wiggle out of that. I, I mean, I guess in 1998, given the state of superhero movies at that point, it probably would be a pretty big source of hubris to just assume you were going to get a sequel. <laughs> right. <laughs> to your, so I guess it makes to your sense, low yeah. budget, fairly low budget action movie. <laughs> what was the budget on the first one? Uh the budget for Blade One was forty-five million. Because I looked up for this one, it was fifty-six million. So is that is that relatively low? Uh, I think that's probably decent size, right? Because you got to remember that was like fifteen years ago, so inflation, obviously. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I don't. That's not like a the triple A lister picture by any means. Like okay, like let's compare. Like so, Attack of the Clones came out in two thousand two. And that had a budget of 115 million. So. Oh, okay. So that's quite substantial. Yeah. So yeah, this this seems like a, a lower cost alternative. Right. That's interesting. And I was actually, and I actually liked the, uh, I guess the CGI in this. So. <laughs> no, no, I don't think it's terrible CGI. I just think um, it's, they could have done better, or maybe not use it as extensively as they did. There was a part near the beginning where they had those, I guess, vampire ninjas. Maybe you'd call them. Yeah, that worked pretty well when they were in the dark jumping from the rafters. I was actually kind of impressed with that compared to the original Blade. Oh, you mean the two main vampires that show up? Nisa and yes, whatever the name of the guy who plays the cat on Red Dwarf is, (laughs) whatever his character's name was. Yep. By the way, uh, the 
fun fact since Tony's here, uh, that actress is the original Marta on Arrested Development. Oh, really? Yeah, she's the martyr in like the first two episodes that she shows up in before they recast her for whatever reason. Hmm. Nice. But yeah, then they have that extended fight sequence, which they end by saying like, wait, wait, we didn't come here to fight. <laughs> but they've been <laughs> fighting for like six or seven minutes. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I thought that was great. Like they just like silently drop in like time to deliver a really stealthy message. <laughs> <laughs> The thing that actually you think, really... like, they'd do some arm waving like outside if they were really like, you know, or at least sneak in and then be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, uh, the thing I, I really enjoyed, though, about that fight scene um, is if you watched it when they started, Blade is literally fighting one handed. He's fighting the girl. Oh, he, he has his his sword up and he's just deflecting her blows with his hand. But his other hand is literally behind his back. So I thought I thought it was a, a fun touch. And then at some point, he's like, oh, this is getting serious. I better use both hands. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the vampire ninjas thing just got my hopes up, like, really big for the movie, that it was going to be, like, a vampire ninja movie. I was a little sad that it wasn't extensively just rafter-swinging ninja stealth. Yeah. So as far as I could tell from looking into it a little bit, pretty much every this is uh, all original stuff. Like, the character Scud played by Norman Reedus, who I think we can all agree is best known for only this movie. <laughs> I don't think he did anything subsequently on any TV shows. Nope. His character is an original creation. All the blood pack characters are original creations. They're not in like comic books or anything beforehand. So, Oh, okay. And then I kind of remember that Ron Perlman was in this movie, but I think the last time I watched it, I don't think I ever realized that Donnie Yen is in this movie. He is. Yeah. I would say a little bit, underutilized but i guess he was the fight choreographer too for the film so yeah is, is donnie Yen a name at this point he might even, not be even, even in like uh hong kong or china or like when's ip man it's not like yeah i want to say that's later yeah like five or six and then obviously he's in rogue one right paul oh that that's where i know him from yeah he's oh, he's a cheer at imway oh yeah hero was 2002 the... he's in hero I guess so, yeah. Yeah, It Man was until 2008. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. It was interesting to see him coming back to this. I wouldn't have recognized him the first time around. So I guess this isn't a question. Well, this could be a question for Tony since he was watching both movies simultaneously. Yeah. <laughs> but but for everyone else, uh, how did you feel this movie compared to the original Blade? Mm, I like the original Blade a little bit better. I'm kind of in the, in the same boat in that I, I definitely think I liked the original more. I don't have a lot of concrete reasons for that, but I think it just had a very different style or feel. For instance, like in Blade 1, the scene with like the glass walls and stuff breaking, like that was really cool. And I I can't really think of an equivalent idea or like a scene that kind of gave me, you know, like the, oh, that's kind of like an interesting creative or like stylistic scene. I'm sure there may have been some, but. Well, there's the light that goes around corners. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and the bomb goes off. <laughs> hey, it was just that bright. <laughs> I was just like, I don't think light works this way, guys. <laughs> it was weird watching this one so close to the first one because if you asked me before I watched either of them recently, I would have said that, oh yeah, the first one is way better. But now seeing them so close together, I think I kind of like the second one because the first one was very original. I mean, I hadn't seen anything exactly like that. But now that I'm seeing them so close together, 
it's easier to make these like small comparisons and say, oh, well, I like this part about Blade 2 better. This kind of feels like the first one, except an improvement. See, to me, I thought they were actually pretty close to par, at least in just my terms, my feeling of an uh, enjoyment. It's not like either one's like a huge step or a huge difference from the other. Um, but I did feel that Blade 2 seemed a little less focused story-wise. In Blade 1, it was generally always reasonably clear to me what Blade's motivation was, what Deacon Frost's motivation was, and how Deacon Frost was going to accomplish stuff, right? But in this one, I think partly because it has the twist at the end, uh, it just felt really unfocused and then like, okay, so there's these uh, split-jawed guys who are like super vampires. So the vampires team up, okay, with Blade. All right, I got that. And then there's a lawn-involved thing, and then they can't kill him. Okay, but then they're going to keep trying and sewers and i just kind of was like the motivations got kind of muddy for me and then yeah. even at the end right when the twist happens is like oh it turns out ps that i made them and uh norman reedus is a traitor and that was my favorite scene when he died <laughs> I, I may have cheered and clapped at that point <laughs> i don't know if you guys heard me do that but oh yeah yeah I heard that but despite the fact that like visually it was very entertaining, like from like an emotional point of view, I was kind of like, oh, that guy's a traitor. Okay. Right. Yeah. 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 And, and now he's dead. I, OK, that I guess that's cool. It, yeah, it definitely seemed like and not really knowing anything. Um, there was just a lot of action like that was that was the primary motivation <laughs> was just. All right, let's fill it with action and maybe we'll come up with some kind of storyline. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of makes sense because Kara was there in the room, wasn't actively watching it. And, you know, quarter of the way through, she started to ask me about it. And I'm like, well, those are the super vampires and they eat other vampires. So Blade usually kills the regular vampires, but now they're teaming up to kill the super vampires. Because then if they kill all the regular vampires, then they'll start killing humans. (laughs) And I was like. This is ridiculous when I say this. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, there, there was the line, right? The friend of your enemy or something. Or right, the yeah. The enemy of my friend. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, thanks. So at least they're consistent <laughs> in that theme. Like, people betraying other people and, you know, shaky alliances. But yeah, yeah I'd agree with you, Adam. It, withholding all the information makes it kind of hard to follow at the beginning or hard to care about. Also, just an observation, right? So when they go into the vampire club the first time right when they're like when they're looking for the super vampires uh, obligatory clubs yeah i had to say how happy i was that there was a club scene i was like when are they gonna get to the club <laughs> the other movie had like three clubs <laughs> sorry if it's go between ahead. like i feel like it was between 93 and 2005 there has to be like a like a thumping club <laughs> scene you know like where the sort of bad guys hang out (laughs) i mean matrix 2 had that weird club scene right (laughs) yeah and i think that was 2002 wasn't it was a matrix 2003 oh yeah you're right it's 2003 so they're just clearly ripping off blade and blade 2 (laughs) hot take (laughs) but uh I just thought it was interesting, like watching in the club and was like, wait a minute. These guys are like all vampires and familiars. And I was like, why are none of these people freaked out by the fact that the daywalker is in there? Except the one guy. There was like one guy who like looks at him and 
kind of like was like, oh boy. All right, but that shuffles away quickly because that's the guy that he let him run away at the beginning of the movie when he was rescuing Whistler. Oh, but you you knew that because he was wearing the red feather boa. That's how you remembered that, and that's why he's also the guy at the end of the movie in the hilarious tag. (laughs) Well, maybe maybe they don't have any photographs of uh, Blade. He's like half vampire, so maybe that, you know. Right, but compare it with like the club scene in the first movie where Blade walks in and everyone's like, holy hell, right? Like, it's the Daywalker, we're screwed. Right, and this one they're like, Daywalker, yeah! Boom, 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 boom. boom. Woo, we're friends Uh, now. I'm just going to blame it. I'm just going to blame it on the drugs then. You're going to have to agree, you know, with the the plot seemed a little bit muddier. Um, I felt like there was more action scenes. But uh, they just seem kind of, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but gratuitous. <laughs> like, I felt like I got a lot more novelty out of the different action scenes in Blade 1 than in Blade 2. Yeah, I'd yeah. agree with that. I think that might partly be another problem, though, of just, like, relying a little more heavily on the CG. It's like, oh, we're going to get an action scene. Oh, they're flipping. That's not them flipping through the air. Right. Oh, right. They're, they're back. Yeah, and it's just... Like, it was just a nonstop murder fest of the weird, dissolving, flashing skeletons at the beginning. Like, it just seemed like it was just way more people being, you know, turned to ash or whatever, way quicker and way faster rate in this one. I don't know if that's Cause correct. Because that's, that's sequels, right? You always got to up everything, right? Because he kills so many people in that rave scene in Blade 1, right? Like, just people exploding left and right. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, it's not as drawn out though, so maybe that's why it's. Yeah, it could be a speed. It thing. doesn't get long in the tooth in the first one. Like a condensed vampire massacre. Vampire rave party massacre part one. Like just comparing one to two, like yeah, I just have to agree. I just kind of couldn't. I couldn't care about the characters as much, and maybe it was because there was like a few too many. No, oh, that's There's just a, mm. a little more going on. I really liked the co-star of the first one. But. Uh, Doctor Helen Noel, Aaron <laughs> yeah, something, yeah. <laughs> something like that. Like I feel like this movie was kind of missing that. You know, I mean, there was like the the female lead co star, but it it seemed like there was just like less time to flesh anyone out because there's like a dozen characters and like, Doctor Karen Johnson. That was her name. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was the group of the. It was a blood pack. You're saying right, Adam? Where it just. Yeah, everyone has a unique look, and that's that's what you get, or a unique weapon. Right, but then like first that like first shot, right, like pans across him like almost so quickly. Like I didn't realize it was Donnie Yen in that until like they were in the the rave scene and he had scenes by himself, and I was like, wait a minute, is that Donnie Yen? Right. Oh, it is Donnie Yen, right? <laughs> Whereas like before in like the group scenes, I had not realized it. I had sort of thought like. Oh, that guy's like vaguely familiar. I'm not sure why. Right. But I hadn't actually like really got a good look at him because we're too busy, like moving on to Ron Perlman and stuff. What do you all think of Ron Perlman? The huge or did he? I was happy to see him. Yeah, I'm, I like Ron Perlman. So does Guillermo del Toro. I guess <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. What about you personally, Paul? <laughs> oh, I mean, I didn't mean to sound that bummed about it. Like, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't get the appeal. <laughs> so wait, were you pro or anti Ron Pearl? I'm, he's I'm... he's strongly anti. <laughs> you should have heard the comments during the film. <laughs> Ron Perlman again? 
He's like, Ron Perlman, what a douchebag. <laughs> I hate this guy. It was the worst I thing about Star Trek Nemesis. <laughs> oh, that movie's 2002. Oh. What was the budget on Star Trek Nemesis? Star Trek One dollar, Bob. 10. <laughs> still going. I do have 60 sad. million. Oh, no. So. I did really like Ron Perlman's facial hair. <laughs> it, was, you know, it was like gloriously early 2000s, like bad guy. Like it's like <laughs> a chin strap, but up on his cheeks. Like, oh, did, but did you notice that like he also had the, the, the back of the head strap? <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> like it linked up in the back. Like he had like the super tiny Picard. <laughs> the, the unibrow for, for your, <laughs> yeah. the back of your head. The, the handle. <laughs> I, mean, I noticed that, but I didn't think about it until now. I think it might be one of my favorite parts of the movie. <laughs> Ooh, that changes my score way upward. <laughs> that, that bumped it at least two whole units. Uh, I gotta do <laughs> a, I'll, I'll let you guys. Got to do a, a Google images search, get the Getty images for his character. So I can just look at his pure glory. <laughs> Google's just too smart. Now I just type in Ron P and it's like Ron Perlman Blade 2. Oh, yeah. No, I've just pulled up a picture. It totally connects. Like it, it's a, uh, he's got the mustache that connects to the sideburns that connects to this thing around the back of his head. <laughs> oh, my. Full, full ring, ring around the rosy. <laughs> I saw Ron Perlman and I was like, do I know that guy? And I got him confused with Joe Pantoliano. Because <laughs> of the baldness thing? And the glasses. Okay. Right. Well, I mean, to be fair, I'm not sure that I've really seen uh, Ron Perlman in anything. So, uh, how about this? Haven't seen it. Star Trek 10. Which one's that? The one with Tom Hardy as Picard's clone. Uh, you know, I only watched that once and I. I hated the plot and script so much that it was really hard to pay attention. Like, I just kind of wanted everyone involved in it to die horribly. Just get it over with. Sorry. Sorry. Talking about Blade 2, not about how much I hate Star Trek Nemesis. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I don't think I've seen him in anything other than Blade 2. How about you, Tony? How do you feel if Ron Perlman compares to, like, say, the love child of Nicolas Cage and Matthew Broderick? Um, this is the only movie I've seen Ron Perlman in. Really? No, it's gotta be. Sorry, Start I don't mean movies. to doubt you. Uh. <laughs> I don't believe you. Let me, <laughs> you'll be shocked at how many movies I have not seen. I think I'll probably be shocked at how few movies I've seen him in compared to how many I think uh, I've seen him in. Police yeah. Academy, Mission to Moscow. Nope. Alien 4. Nope. Yeah. Okay. Enemy at the Gates. I haven't seen it. Scorpion King 3. There's a third one? Uh, looks like maybe a straight-to-video sort of thing. I don't know. Battle for Redemption. Oh, so you know yeah. it's good. Tangled? Nope. Uh, Pacific Rim? He is in Pacific Rim. Yeah, I remember that now. I haven't seen that. Skin Trade? What? <laughs> Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them? No. <laughs> Actually, I, I'm legit. I'm looking through right now. Uh, I think this is legitimately the first movie I've yeah seen i'm looking through and i mean i have seen many but now i don't feel feel like you should have seen him necessarily the untouchables and that's a tv show though adventure time no but i but here's the thing is i know i knew who ron perlman was okay is 
do we have a really do you really know who he really is <laughs> i guess not <laughs> does anyone truly know ron perlman but um i thought he was all right dude. wow he was an uncredited voice on the adventures of batman and robin on the sega cd <laughs> well he's in batman the animated series right he's uh, oh. uh clayface so oh, okay so that's why it's like mark hamill and you know yeah Oh, yeah, okay. I I just knew that Ron Perlman was uh was like really weird looking. I wasn't uh, he has a distinctive face. Adam's being all PC over there. <laughs> wants to get that wants to get that Ron Perlman upvote. <laughs> Very well, distinctive. I mean you you can't really tell here because his face is obscured by the sunglasses and the facial hair. That is true. He didn't he he looked semi normal. <laughs> As normal as you could be with the give me this the crew cut Picard. Yeah. And also <laughs> he that looks, he looks really normal with some weird ass facial hair going on. <laughs> and the weird the weird button thing in the back of his head. Yeah, it looked like it should have been there. You know? oh, yeah. Like it was like, oh, you put it back for him. <laughs> <laughs> Keeps his face tight. That was that was my favorite part when when they you know he's trying to detonate it. But then what was the part where he goes the bomb lever is is locked or something? Stuck. It's stuck. Yeah. Or stuck. He couldn't get the bomb to go off. Yeah, he had tried to get the bomb to go off earlier and couldn't and had to run away. But what? But what bomb was that to? That wasn't to Ron Perlman's head, was it? No, no, no that, that was, was the, the giant. Bomb. That was the the light around corners bomb. Oh, the light bomb. Okay. That makes more sense because I was like, "What? How does he know about the lever? Did he try to kill himself or something?" I was really, uh, I was confused. No, oh, you must have been paying attention to Blade One at the the Rockwoods. I think so. Right, where they were talking about it, you're like, "What's happening, Blade Two? I'm watching them fight through windows in Blade One." But it did look like when he <laughs> took that out, that uh, it just alleviated all the pain, and then that made me happy. <laughs> He's like, like, "Oh, that migraine is gone." <laughs> Here you go, kid. <laughs> uh, what did people think of the Reapers as, I guess, new a new type of vampire or monster? Do you think that was effective or was it uh, kind of ho-hum? I think it was effective. I kept thinking of Dead Space because I feel like that's what the zombies uh, in Dead Space look like. <laughs> I, yeah, there was, I was like, I've seen this before somewhere, probably afterward, but I couldn't figure oh, out yeah, like, where are these sure. types of vampires before with like, the weird things that come out of their mouths, like sucker things. The way it was directed stylistically was a very reminded me a lot of like I was like, OK, I definitely realize this is Guillermo del Toro. And then, yeah, like uh, Cara was saying, like the, the design of those monsters to me, was like, OK, that's weird enough that I can see that being del Toro. Yeah. yeah. So so I thought it was reason, you know, it was reasonably effective at being weird and creepy without just totally going, OK, I'm not I don't buy this anymore. I got a real John Carpenter's The Thing vibe from the Reapers. Mm. Oh, yeah. And what was Nissa's deal where she was like, we've got to take this back for analysis. And then she knows exactly what everything is. She's like, she's oh, a vampire this... scientist. She's a fa- okay. Yep. This is a neurotoxin. What? I can tell. What? You think everyone you think everyone gets turned into vampires and then they just dance all night? <laughs> Some of them still earn their university degrees. <laughs> Probably got time to earn a whole bunch of degrees since you're not aging anymore. Yeah. <laughs> right? You can't all just hand around high schools waiting for some girl to creep on. <laughs> 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 
what do you think, Tony, as a as a newcomer to the the Bladeiverse? How'd you feel the Reapers? Were they success well, for you? That's the super vampire, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually uh, I bought it. Yeah, like I, I I bought into it. I I didn't really think twice about it. I like their mouths. He was covering his eyes a lot. I was. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, because they're stabbing him, <laughs> and they're like, and they're like, I can't die. And then he tried to Tom, get their heart. Then Tom's I was like, hoping. Ah, what did they do to the Olsen twins? And then I was, <laughs> then I was hoping that our hearts could also, like you were saying, Paul. I was like, I was like, they have a rib cage around their hearts. Oh, I, I guess we do too, but theirs is better. <laughs> so then, so then I wanted a rib cage for my heart. Or a better one. That sounds like a song. By the way, it I'm sure it varies by market, but McRib is back. Not in Michigan. <laughs> I already looked it up. Oh, well, you'll have to come visit. I was really upset. Nothing gets you in the mood for a McRib like watching Blade 2. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just like, man, I could go for a sandwich. Man, if my jaw did that, I bet I could eat like three McRibs <laughs> at once. <laughs> They're just setting all that meat, that delicious rib meat, aside instead of scraping the bone. <laughs> yeah. They should be it's making awesome. a patty out of that. Yeah. I remarked about how wasteful vampires are in every, like, vampire movie. <laughs> I'm so hungry. They just, yeah, they're, they're like, they've got that hunger. They, they need to feed. And then they, like, kind of suck on their neck for, you know five seconds and then just leave them on the ground with like <laughs> just pints and pints of blood left. So you think they should just use the whole human be yeah. ecologically responsible? They really should be a little more responsible if they care at all about preserving the species. See now I'm now I'm imagining vampires going green. No, no, hold on. <laughs> Wasn't there something about uh, when they, you know, rammed the weird spike table through blade they were talking about how they're going to take all of his blood and then all of his bone marrow and, I don't know, grind up his organs into dog food or something. But they were doing that you know, for was... science, not for food. <laughs> <laughs> so only science is responsible. Right. So responsible Use science. every part of the blade. Maybe not responsible uh, consumption. Uh, yeah, you can kind of relate. <laughs> <laughs> to, va- to the morality of vampires? Or is that how you eat food, the Doug? Eth- you just the like... ethics of vampires. Okay. Ethics and vampire science. <laughs> well, you know, to do your research, you got to go through the Institutional Review Board. <laughs> go to McDonald's. All you need is a few dollars in your pocket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just imagining the VIRB forms. <laughs> <laughs> the Vampire Institutional Review Board. <laughs> Now, this isn't going to harm vampires, right? Just people. (laughs) (laughs) They always look so hungry. (laughs) (laughs) So then, ultimately, uh, how would you rate this movie? How many light grenades out of 10 would you give this movie? Mm. That's what I was wondering what we were going to do. Light grenade. (laughs) What do you think, Paul? Um, Bearing in mind, you gave the original Blade an 8. And how are the ducks still... uh, Still sitting pretty at six. At six, I'll give. Uh, I think I'll give Blade Two uh, six point five light grenades. Oh, so a, a full point and a half less than Blade, huh? Yeah, and maybe it's because I I think I had 
hyped up expectations because I liked Blade One so much. Like it was good, but it was no Captain America, is what you're saying. No, <laughs> maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was good, but it wasn't bad enough. I don't know. <laughs> Hit the sweet spot of mediocrity. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Like I think it's it's like it's we're kind of ushering in the modern era where this is going to get tougher. Like it's a little harder to rely on nostalgia or like a, a pleasurable like cheesy factor yeah that's fair so yeah i feel okay about 6.5 doug uh how many light grenades did i give to blade one seven and a half really well i think you actually gave seven and a half edta vials but <laughs> sure sure mm, wow i gosh i guess i guess you know with before i told before you told me that I had assumed that it was going to be like eight or something, but yeah, no. Uh, I'm going to give it six and a half. Six and a half like grenades. Like, Wait, really... so, you would, so your independent feeling was eight until you realized you had lo- rated Blade comparatively lower. Well, because I decided I was going to give this a full point lower than Blade. Ah. So if Blade 1 had, uh, had scored higher, Blade 2 would have also scored higher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, needed, needed more character development. Charlie? Uh, so what did I give Blade 1? Was it 8 or 8.5? 7.5. Oh, 7.5. Oh, that makes it a little bit easier. <laughs> I would say... Because we're all so hard on Blade. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, jeez. Maybe now seeing this, we're inflating our scores for the original Blade. <laughs> I mean, you, when Blade Trinity would... comes around, we'll be like, oh, I should have been easier on Blade 2. If you want to trend your blade scores up, we can absolutely do that. We can <laughs> no. do corrections to the podcast. No, 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 no. Because no. uh, no. I think there's a lot of good no. good movies coming up, too. That's not till we're 65. <laughs> <laughs> when we do this again. Do a full <laughs> adjust. Where we just forget what ones we've already done. <laughs> to start reviewing them again. But uh, Watching Captain America over and over and over. <laughs> but only the Every home of the, the Brave time. song. at one and a half speed uh i'll give it uh 7.5 grenades i'll put it right on par with the first one because there were parts i liked better and but i guess not enough new that was original to say that i'd rate it higher i don't know it's kind of ambivalent about this one but I'll, i'll just put it right right where the other one was and uh tony you're basically a, a clean slate your only rating is for howard the duck at five so you could do whatever you wanted oh i was mean to howard the duck uh not in comparison to the rest of us <laughs> <laughs> apparently uh, the horror of tim robbins has faded from your memory i guess <laughs> no it's right there um <laughs> it never leaves it never leaves when I close my eyes at night, it's right there. The duck um, evolution scale? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> I guess my initial thought was a seven. Um, for me, it was entertaining enough, but I think kind of how everyone else was saying, like, just having more of, of a storyline. I'm not the biggest, like, blood, guts, and stuff. Like, I like action, but I thought that, I don't know, I didn't, I, I don't necessarily subscribe to, like, Let's stab people a whole bunch of times and like watch it. And Paul's laughing and I'm closing my eyes. <laughs> this is America. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I was just like, oh man, another needle. Great. Uh, <laughs> so I think I'm going to stick with seven. When Paul was talking, I was like, oh, maybe I'll go 6.5. But then everyone was going 6.5. So I'm going to go a little bit better. 
Uh, I think I'm going to agree with you on that seven. I'm going to give it seven light grenades. Uh, I gave Blade one a 7.5. And uh, I thought this was a, this was pretty close, but because it, the plot wasn't quite as focused and the action scenes weren't quite as distinctive, I'm going to lower it down a little bit. But it did have Danny John Jules, and he survived for surprisingly long <laughs> into the movie. Like, I kind of assumed that's the guy that plays the cat on Red Dwarf. So he was the guy with the uh, the cornrows. I thought he would die a lot sooner and was pleasantly surprised that he made it all over <laughs> halfway through the movie. This is by no means is this a bad movie, I think. Perhaps a slight downgrade in comparison to Blade 1. So seven seven light grenades for me. So if Tony's uh, reasoning for giving it seven was that everyone else was giving it 6.5, does that mean that he was engaging in half-opsmanship? Um, <laughs> do you want me to respond to that? <laughs> <laughs> I was except, I, yeah, I was expecting a response of horrible groaning. <laughs> it took me a long time to process what you even meant. <laughs> that's that's like, the best puns, aren't they? Yeah, maybe oh. for the deliverer. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a gen. It's like a gentleman's one-upsmanship. You know? Yes, yes. Sure. <laughs> so thanks again, everyone, for participating. So we're going to move forward a little bit further in time to May 2002. Blade 2 was in March 2002, so we're going to jump forward a couple months. And we're going to, I think, really, like X-Men and Blade have kind of kicked off the Marvel movies. But I think our next movie is really going to kick it off. And that's the 2002 movie, Spider-Man. Spider-Man, yay! Know that a hero can save us. <laughs> I gotta stay away. Right, so contender. we can do the Mary yep. Marvel song off again. <laughs> I mean, I guess we could have done it on this one, right? Because this had the week. I like the first song was okay, right? Uh, of the end credits, and the second one was seemed like oddly upbeat for the movie I had just seen. <laughs> I don't know if anyone else felt this. The one that was like, "Where are my ladies at? We're here." it's like this seems odd more in the spirit of the club like fearless (laughs) for that segment does it require uh that the song has to be about the movie you just watched like the lyrics have to address it in some way or not uh i don't know i mean i guess so far they have right because howard the duck was about howard the duck and home of the brave is about america which is captain america Right. And Men in Black is kind of about the movie Men in Black in that it's exactly about the movie Men in Black. (laughs) (laughs) Really was the outline for the screenplay. (laughs) So, yeah, yeah, Men in Black, the movie based on the song by Will Smith. (laughs) Have you guys seen Miami? The whole thing is just, they don't even get to Miami. They're just going the whole time. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I guess we could either have the song off now about the songs that we had, or we could just say that they have to be more obviously related in some way. I think if they're not obviously related, we're not going to rate them as highly anyway. <laughs> they're not even going to be in contention. I suppose that's fair. So, yeah. So, un- until a hero can save us, uh, I was Adam Gobeski. And I was Charlie Wallace. And our guests were Doug Gobeski, Paul Wilcox, and Tony Huff. See you in the future. Yeah, a couple months in the future. A couple months in the future? 
Oh, well, the movie's a couple months in the future from the current movie. Oh, oh, I see. In, in, Virtual in, uh, months. Can... Yes. Yeah, I see. <laughs> it's like, I refuse to watch Spider-Man for two more months. <laughs> <laughs> I really need to let I Blade 2 sink in. <laughs> I need to process Blade 2 more. <laughs> Still feel good about that that score. I'm gonna have to watch it 60 more times. <laughs> Thanks everyone for listening to our show. Make sure to check out our website, GobeskiWallsReport.com. And don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter. Just follow us at GW Report, and we're on the Facebook as well. Just like our page, the Gobeski Walls Report. I kind of forgot what was happening. <laughs> It's always so hard with the Twitter with like the at. Like you don't have to say at, do you? I don't know. That's a question for the listeners to decide. Played by Norman Reedus, who I think we can all agree is best known for only this movie. <laughs> I don't think he did anything subsequently on any TV shows. Nope. No. Well, uh, I was going to say uh, other movies, though. No, no other Oh, that's right. You never actually watched Boondock Saints, did you? Oh, is he in that? Yeah, pretty sure. Oh, yeah. No, I never watched Boondock Saints. The only person I know in Boondock Saints is the guy who played young Indiana Jones, I think. Willem Dafoe? No, no, no. <laughs> Sean yeah, Patrick right? Flannery? Oh, oh, okay. Willem Dafoe <laughs> is young Indiana Jones. <laughs>